This is The Jerry Callahan Show. Well, I don't often say anything nice about Democrats. I admit that. Uh, I, uh, especially in times like these, times of crisis. But I got to say something uh, about Democrats, all Democrats, particularly the Democrats in the uh, in Nashville and now in Louisville, I will say they are better at this. They're just much better at uh, using things, at not letting a crisis go to waste, at taking advantage of situations, even if they're really, really tragic situations. If you haven't been paying attention, there was a mass shooting in Nashville 15 days ago. A trans terrorist, Audrey Hale, entered Covenant School, shot her way into Covenant School, killed three nine-year-old children and three staff members. Um, two weeks later, exactly two weeks, another mass shooter entered a bank in Louisville yesterday. Uh, he, uh, Connor Sturgeon, a uh, Trump hater with pronouns in his bio, entered the bank where he was going to be fired from, apparently, and shot his former co-workers killing now five. If you haven't uh, been paying attention, it's been updated. Uh, there's been another uh, person who succumbed to her injuries. We now have five innocent dead people in Louisville. And somehow the Democrats are turning this around and using it to their advantage. And I have to say, they're doing it masterfully. Um, the other day when they expelled two members of the Tennessee House I commended the Republicans. They, 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 you know, showed some spine. They took it seriously and they booted these two clowns out. The woman, the white woman, she survived by one vote and then turned around and said that the people who voted her two colleagues out and almost voted her out, they were racist. And it was cynical and it was dishonest. But take a look at how they have used this. They got a visit from the sitting vice president to go down there and commend them. There are marches, they're on national TV, they're sitting down with Good Morning in America and CNN and MSNBC, and the two Justins, uh, they, were, they, were, they were called the Tennessee Three initially, but then the woman survived, Gloria Johnson, and the two Justins did not, they were expelled. They, they gave them, the Republicans, by taking this vote, and again, initially, I thought it was a, a good thing, a smart move, kick these guys out, enforce the rules, you can't let uh, an insurrection go unpunished. But I have to say, since then, it now looks like it has backfired completely. And I know I'll be accused of you know falling for this political ploy. But what do you think the two Justins would like would love more than a chance to march with a bunch of supporters with their fist held high and uh, portray themselves as freedom fighters, civil rights fighters? This is a dream for these two guys, uh, particularly um, Justin Jones, who's already been reinstated. Now, again, I, 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 I was wrong. I think when they first did this, I said, I said, good move. You know, you mean business. You can't take this lightly. You have to enforce the rules. I'm starting to think they wanted this. They planned this. They love this. This is from uh, Fox News this morning. Tennessee State Rep Justin Jones, who was reinstated in the State House Monday, is calling for a Republican Speaker of the State House to resign. They're demanding the resignation of the Republican Speaker because he led the effort to expel them. The expulsion, by the way, once again, their dream. 
They can only hope for this kind of publicity. These are two grandstanders. These are two uh, actors, as we showed yesterday. They have they have different voices when they go in the and they and they make political speeches, or they go and they preach at a at uh, at, at church than they do in normal everyday life. They live for the chance to play the role of martyr, of civil rights hero, of the chance to imitate actual civil rights heroes like Martin Luther King Jr. And the Republicans handed it to him. And I'm sitting here yesterday watching this coverage, watching them appear in all these national shows, watching one Democrat after another, including the president who's invited them to the White House, the vice president who made a trip there. And I'm thinking, wait a second, what about the manifesto? <laughs> what about uh, Audrey Hale? What about the shooting in in uh, Nashville? What about the victims? Um, they're gone. They're done. We, we forget them. You don't even hear their names. I've mentioned it before, but Joe Biden and Kamala Harris have yet to say their names. They've yet to uh, invite the, the loved ones, the families to the White House. They, Kamala Harris made a trip to Nashville and didn't even swing by the Covenant School to throw some flowers on the memorial. I don't know how this happened, but again, Democrats are much better at this than Republicans. They are using it. They're, they're, they're galvanizing their forces. You can see it on uh, social media. You can see it on the streets. Young people are, are making this, or, or at least falling for the spin that it's all about guns. That's, that's what they're going to do today after the Louisville shooting, even though the Louisville shooter was again, a, a devoted, a devote Trump hater, a devote, a devoted, devoted Democrat uh, who uh, was disgruntled at work and went in and shot up the bank. They'll make it about guns because he used apparently an AR style rifle. If he used something else, uh, I don't know what they would do, but they don't miss the chance to take advantage of this. It's, it's <laughs> almost have to respect it. I mean, I don't have, uh, I, I don't have a lot of respect for these guys, but you almost have to respect the way they've turned it around and used it to their advantage. I thought initially he, they, they would have trouble with that because this wasn't a white supremacist. This wasn't a MAGA guy. This wasn't a proud boy. Again, this was a angry trans terrorist on uh, in Nashville and a he him guy in Louisville. And somehow it's the Republicans' fault. It's it's an amazing thing to to watch to witness. Here, do we have uh, we, we have Justin um, Justin Jones? Justin, we played Justin Pearson yesterday. He's the one that has the the whole act. He's the one that wore the dashiki when he was sworn in. It's like the first time he's ever been out of a suit and tie, but it was all for show. These guys are performers, actors. And I have to say, they must be in heaven right now. You're sitting there. You're a little known, unknown state rep in Tennessee. Uh, the two of them, uh, one of them had, he won the seat with like 400 votes. You know, this is not, this is not national office we're talking about. These are local state reps who have become national figures. I, I, I mean, a dream come true. And it's thanks to the Republicans in the state house in Tennessee, who again, didn't really think it through. I don't think, I don't think, uh, I mean, they're demanding the house speaker, Cameron Sexton uh, resign. 
Justin Jones called him an enemy of democracy. He's the enemy of democracy and doesn't deserve to be in that office any longer. Justin Jones told CNN, wait, how did this happen? You're the one that took the bullhorn to the House floor. You're the one that disrupted an official proceeding and you knew they had the, the, there was the potential you'd be expelled. And he's the guy who has to resign. And of course, they can count on the complicity of the support of everyone in the mainstream media. And maybe, maybe I sound like, uh, like I'm being cowed, like I'm being uh, forced to submit, as is often the uh, strategy for Democrats, get them to submit, get them to, uh, uh, to, to, to bow down. But take a look at how this has all worked out and take a look at how everybody's taking their eye, their focus off the real problem. In, uh, in Nashville, it was an angry transgender terrorist. In, in Louisville, it's an angry he, him guy, Trump hater. And yet somehow it's the fault of the Republicans because when it's a, when it's a liberal or Democrat or a transgender terrorist who does the shooting, it's about the gun. When it's a white supremacist who does the shooting, it's about the shooter. It's never been uh, exemplified better than this, but it's reality. This is what happened here. This, this guy's a conquering hero. He's marching with a mob with his fist held high like he won some great civil rights battle, like he's on the bridge, like he's MLK marching on Washington. How did this happen? I need to know, but uh, uh, obviously they have uh, a voice if this were... Uh, another insurrectionist, if it were one of the hundreds of insurrectionists who are still rotting in jail in D.C., the, the, the mainstream media, most of the political class, most of the Republicans even, just ignore them, just to say, hey, you know, too bad for them. They marched on the Capitol. They deserve it. Uh, they're, they're in prison. Some of them will be there for years. Some of them committed no violence. Some of them... Uh, broke nothing, and they're still sitting in jail awaiting trial. These two guys are not only going to be back in the house, that one of them already is, Justin Jones, the other, Justin Pearson, he's, uh, he's got a path to return to uh, the, the state house in Tennessee, and somehow their, their insurrection has been flipped around to be a, be a positive, be a great step in their political careers, uh, no one knew who they were, you know, a week ago, and now they're the symbols. And I, I can't believe when I first saw her, they said, how the hell did the white woman survive? And then we find out she didn't have a bullhorn. She begged for forgive, uh, for mercy. She got it. She stayed in this, in the in her seat by one vote. And, and 10 minutes later, she said, all those guys are racist because they let me stay. <laughs> Even though she made the case that she didn't disrupt things nearly as much as they did. She didn't have a bullhorn. She wasn't screaming. She didn't uh, lead the mob onto the floor like they did. So they listened to her case. They gave her, they cut her a break. And then she turned around and called them a bunch of racists. But if you, if you don't believe me when I tell you these guys have turned this around and they have used this crisis to their advantage. Just check out any news report, any interview. They, they, they're, they're everywhere. And if they, you know, if it was the other way around, if these were three Republicans expelled from a, you know, a house, uh, a, uh, a state house in Massachusetts or in California or in uh, Vermont, you wouldn't know their names. You wouldn't care. Everyone would just be applauded and say, get rid of the, you know, get rid of the insurrectionists. But somehow these guys are, 
are heroes. I'm not kidding. Heroes. And uh, they're, they're going to milk this for all it's worth. They're going to be back in their jobs and they're going to be demanding the head of the uh, Speaker of the House who, who led the judge to boot them out. This is just uh, another example of how, I mean, it helps to have the media in your pocket, but it, it, it's an example of how they are just much better at bare knuckles politics. That's why when Joe Biden runs again, I mean, obviously nobody really thinks he, he's, he's fit for office. Uh, we've gone over this before. Only 25% of Democrats think he should run again, but he's going to run again, as he told uh, Al Roker yesterday. And you're thinking, well, he can't win. He can't, he can't speak. He, he can't even do a press conference. We'll get to that. Corinne Jean-Pierre wants to defend him uh, against the charge that he's afraid to stand in front of the media, but he, but he, you know, he's not going to be able to debate. He's going to hide. The media will be circling the wagons around him, but they will find a way. I'm not saying he's guaranteed to win again, but all indicators are Joe Biden, the incumbent president cannot win. The economy stinks. We got you know, world war three. We got a chaos on the Southern border. We got all kinds of problems. We have every other country, former allies aligning with China. It All the indicators would lead you to believe he can't win. But then you watch something like this unfold in Nashville and you say, these guys, they don't mess around. They don't take anything for granted. They will mobilize the troops, sort of like they did in Wisconsin last week with the Supreme Court vote, and just get all the brainless college kids to get them all riled up, get them all emotional and motivate them to get out there and vote. That's what they will do. I will never say Joe Biden can't be reelected. Should he be? Of course not. Everybody knows he's not up for the job. He can't do the job. Everybody has seen it almost daily, but they will find a way they will, they will harvest. They will, uh, uh, they, they, they will go door to door. They'll be mail-in voting wherever they can do it. They will find a way to, uh, uh, they will find a path to get this uh, empty husk back in the White House for four more years till he's 86. But let's check out, can we check out some of the coverage of the uh, of these civil rights icons, Justin Jones and Justin Pearson, as they just revel in their newfound fame? I, I can't even, you can't even come up with a scenario where this could play out better for them, for the insurrectionists. I mean, they're facing no legal troubles, obviously. Nobody knew who they were. Now they do. They're on TV all over the place. They're, they're really working on their, uh, their speech and their inflection and their imitation of, of, of other civil rights leaders. Man, has this worked out well for them. And, hey, another mass shooting, no big deal. We'll just blame the gun. We'll just blame the NRA and uh, play that record, play that hit over and over again. Sadly, it works, especially with young people. But let's check out, so what do we have here, CBS? Yep. Suddenly, the so-called Tennessee Three are everywhere. In the streets of Nashville today, on television, and probably in state Republican nightmares. Former Democratic State Representative Justin Pearson and Justin Jones. So there is no democracy in Tennessee. Tennessee is the most undemocratic state in the nation. You don't understand. Last week, mostly white Republicans in the Tennessee House flexed their supermajority. 
They expelled two young black lawmakers for mocking House decorum with a bullhorn and bravado. I'm concerned about the House floor following the process and procedures that are laid out that you should follow and not having a protest, as it was described over here, on the House floor. Every reference, white Republicans expelled black uh, Democrats for, you know, standing up for for gun, not, not gun control, gun safety. They want more gun safety rules. And uh, and the media just plays along right into their hands. Uh, um, as I said, Justin Jones is already back in his seat. Um, Justin Pearson. um is is eligible to return i believe uh, uh let me get the detail on that and johnson she she survived by one vote and now they're 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 martyrs now they're they're famous now they're big voices in this fight for against uh, the nra and all the republicans who are in the pocket of the nra special elections will be held for jones and pearson seats in the coming months both men have said they intend to run in their respective elections. Um, can I just predict that now? I'll predict that now. They win by landslide. Uh, I mean, it won't even be close. It is, I mean, they couldn't pay for this kind of publicity, for this kind of boost to their candidacy. Justin Jones is from Nashville. Justin Pearson's from Memphis. They both help. They'll probably run for higher office now. Springboard off this and run for higher office I don't think I've ever seen anything backfire. Even yesterday, it was, you know, the, you had the shooting in uh, Louisville. Absolutely tragic. Another mentally ill young man, Connor Sturgeon, with the he, him in his bio, 25 years old, I believe, went in there. And uh, again, police, um, this is the Evaldi effect, by the way. The, after Evaldi, police are never going to hesitate again. They're never going to be concerned with oh, I could be in danger here. I could, uh, he's got a scary gun. They responded in three minutes. The damage, once again, could have been so much worse. He insta- he, he live, uh, the, uh, he recorded it live, or recorded it, showed it live on Instagram. Did you see that, Ironhead, by the way? Did you, uh, I know you're a big Instagram guy. I did not see the video of this math shoot, mass shooting, but uh, I feel like it's out there. Is it uh, out there? I could not locate it, and I'm not that Good. upset that I couldn't. <laughs> Good. I mean, this is this 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 guy. This is an amazing story. Obviously, I mentioned he he has some posts on social media on Reddit, anti-Trump, anti-Tucker, hates Tucker, hates Trump, which is good. So now they can't blame Tucker or Trump, so they will blame the gun lobby and the NRA. But this is a guy you read about him, and it's like he had all he had everything going on, and he had a master's in finance. He was a big guy, a tall guy. He played uh, sports in high school. Apparently, he was a good track. He was a track star. He played basketball. But here's the interesting twist, and I don't want to spend a lot of time on it, but uh, he had a number of concussions from playing high school sports, and he was a basketball player, and apparently a good one. He wore a helmet when he played basketball because he had so many concussions. I don't know when that conversation comes up of, or if they check his brain for CTE, his mother showed up at the bank like frantic after the shooting. Uh, I don't know if the, the family will uh, look into that or they'll uh, inspect his brain, send it up to BU. But that's, that's a twist you don't normally see. I've never seen a basketball player with a hockey helmet. I assume it was a hockey helmet. Could have been a football helmet, I guess, but, 
That'd be uh, great if you had the lineman one bar down the middle. Maybe, maybe he got teased because he wore a helmet playing basketball. But the uh, story right now is Officer Nicholas Wilt. Uh, he graduated from the police academy. He's 26 years old, graduated from the police academy 10 days ago. He went into the bank, the bank no concern for his, self, his, his health and safety, uh, and took a bullet in the head. He had brain surgery. He's in critical condition, and uh, everybody is praying for him. Um, they, again, these cops are heroes. I assume we'll heal nothing about them. They won't show up at the White House and get medals of freedom or anything, but they should. You look at this kid. He's, he's obviously like just out of the academy, but he looks like he's about 14 years old. What balls, what guts storming the, uh, the bank and taking out the shooter. I think they killed him. I don't think, I'm not sure we have confirmation if he killed himself, but I think they killed him. They stopped him. Responding, off, responding officers killed him. Responding officers killed him. We should have their names. We should have their bios. We should, uh, you know, that, that mob that's following Justin Pearson, they should be following these guys to work and just cheering for them. Uh, one thing that was just heartbreaking, I was watching this live. Um, Kentucky governor, at Andy Bashir, so they have the police chief talk and they have someone else talk and they bring up the, the governor. I'm like, yeah, what does the governor have to say? The governor said one of the, the deceased was his best friend and he started uh, crying in the middle of his press conference. It was pretty intense and it was genuine. You could tell. Uh, but the, uh, I'm not sure which guy, James Tut, 64, Thomas Elliott, 63, Joshua Barrick, uh, 40, uh, Deanna Eckert, 57, and Juliana Farmer. I think it was five white victims and one African-American, I believe, doesn't matter, not an issue. Hopefully this guy doesn't appear to be motivated by race or religion or anything. He just said uh, no one would listen to him when he complained about things at the bank, and they're going to listen now. Reports are he was going to be fired um, so he went in there, obviously had mental health. This is a mental health thing. You know, again, if he used a shotgun or a hunting rifle, maybe he wouldn't have killed as many or hurt as many, but he would have done some serious damage. And we would have been talking about mental health and how this guy is obviously, uh, out, uh obviously has mental health issues and didn't anybody see it coming. I have a, another question. I can't get an answer to this. Did the bank have an armed guard? Don't banks have armed guards? Don't most banks have armed guards? Uh, yeah, and, they and have at least one typically by the door. Did, I mean, was he one of the deceased? Was he? I mean, I can't find it anywhere. Maybe they don't no haven't info. revealed that yet. Uh, immediately, people found all his stuff on social media. Again, lots of he hate, hated Trump, but uh, we get to see what Connor uh, Sturgeon had to say. Although maybe they're withholding something, we still don't get to see what Audrey Hale had to write. I find that amazing. Two, 15 days later, that day, the police chief said we would get to see the manifesto, and it was part of the motivation for the murder. And 15 days later, the FBI, under pressure from liberal Democrats, uh, trans activists, whatever, uh, withholding that information from the public. Uh, if you're one of the family members of the victims, you have a right to that. You need to, you have a right to know why your loved one was slaughtered uh, at at a Christian school. They can't withhold that forever. They will try, they will redact the hell out of it, but that's just more, uh, more evidence of the power 
of the trans mob, but uh, lots of injured people too, by the way, especially and, and including officer Nicholas Wilt. So good luck to them. Uh, thoughts and prayers to them. I know that's not enough, but it sounds like Nicholas Wilt could use it, but uh, we'll, uh, we'll be watching to see how the, the, the injured do. Apparently there's some serious injuries and I'd love to see, I mean, I know there's this videotape. I just saw an interview with a guy who videotaped the whole thing and the FBI and the, uh, I don't know who it been. the Louisville police took his phone and he doesn't, he said he doesn't know what he's going to do with the video when he gets it back or gets, you know, his, it's his property. That video will not be on that phone. Uh, I, I mean, I don't know if the, the, I, can you stop him? I mean, if he has video on his own phone of the shooting, well, if they took the phone, they'll get the video and then they'll delete it. Uh, well, I guess unless he saved it somehow, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't want to see it either. I'm, I'm obviously going to see no. dead bodies and blood and mayhem. I don't want to see it either, but uh, I, I, I've already learned a lot about the shooter. I guess, I guess you just say, you know, that uh, good riddance to, to this piece of garbage and, and move on. But by the end of today, it'll be all about the gun. How do you get the gun? Where do you get the gun? Why was he allowed to get the gun? It won't be about, we'll forget the name Connor Sturgeon and we will talk about AR 15s again. Democrats are winning that battle right now. Right now they are winning that battle. The AR 15, uh, Trump, uh, Trump, Biden, KJP, Kamala Harris are going to talk about weapons of war and more and more people are going to say it's the gun. More and more low info voters. It's simple. It's easy to just say it's about the the weapon of war, the assault weapon. And they're not going to ask what, what, so what, so what? They get rid of 15, they get a different gun, they kill people. Then what? I know I ask this every day. At least it feels like I ask this every day, but all right, we got to move on. We got to get back. You know what? We got to we get the update on Bud Light. I don't know, man. I feel like uh, it's working. It's only a few days, but I feel like it's working. A lot of people are done with Bud Light. We explained to you why Bud Light did it. We showed you a video that played the video of the lunatic VP of marketing yesterday, the Harvard girl who's behind this whole thing. Um, I don't know. It feels like it's real. Oftentimes people talk about boycotting things for whatever reason, political reasons. I've never felt pushback, blowback like this about a product that is so easy to boycott. We'll give you the latest on that. And uh, Karine Jean-Pierre, obviously she, she lies. She lies a lot of times. She, she, she's good. She, she lied. Well, not, she's not good at it. She's bad at it. She's a bad liar, but she's a liar. She told a whopper yesterday in explaining why Joe Biden just refuses to take questions from the media. It's amazing. He could stand in front of the media and there'll be no questions about the laptop from hell. There'll be no questions about the bank statements that prove he's taking money from China. They'll just be licking his toes as usual. They'll ask him about traveling to Ireland in his home. And then they'll ask him about, uh, you know, that, what the Easter egg roll. <laughs> and he still refuses to do it. He, there's no president who's, well, maybe Obama, I was going to say, faces a more friendly press corps than Biden would. And he still won't do it. That's how, that's how arrogant insulated he is. He sees no reason. He knows they're his supporters, you know, 90% of them but he knows Peter Ducey will still get a chance to ask a question just that alone. And he won't do a press conference. He's done fewer press conferences, any president since I don't know who in modern times and KJP, she will explain to you why that's okay. You know, he doesn't have to do press conferences. 
he answers shouted questions, she says, and the media, again, uh, their, her allies laughed at her. We'll get to all that and, uh, and lots more. But first, a recession-proof investment without compromise, European American Armory Corp, or EAA Corp, has specialized in providing high-quality, innovative, and reasonably priced firearms to the U.S. market since 1990. Choose from a wide selection of unique and traditional pistols, whether you're looking for a concealed carry, revolver, shotgun, or competition pistol, EAA Corp has it. EAA's 1911 series comes in compact carry or full size in three popular calibers. First time gun owner, no problem. EAA Corp all-in-one 9mm MC9 striker fire pistols come fully equipped in a sleek, light, ergonomic package ideal for everyday carry. In addition, their lineup includes MC312 series of 12-gauge shotguns for hunting, sporting, tactical, or personal defense that will exceed your expectations. There's a limited lifetime warranty on every series available today from EAA Corp. EAA Corp says get the quality firearm you've always wanted and save yourself a lot of your hard-earned money. Visit eaacorp.com to learn more and order online or through your local dealer. Now let's do KJP. She's always fun. Uh, the, the, there's one thing, and they're not going to get angry. They're not really going to revolt, but the media doesn't like to be ignored. You know, they're like Glenn Close and a Fatal Attraction. They will not be ignored. They want the chance to fluff to fluff up the present. They want the chance to be in the presence of their hero, and he just ignores them. He knows they're in his pocket, so he doesn't care. He doesn't do press conferences. He doesn't do interviews, except occasionally he'll sit down with a, you know, a trans activist or some other friendly. Who was the last one he did? It was the uh, the comedian the the from the Comedy Central who sat in for uh, the... Kumar and whatever the movie that you liked there, Iron. What's his name? Uh, Cal Penn. Cal Penn. He sat down with Cal Penn, but he knew Cal Penn was on his team and he knew Cal Penn wouldn't follow up any of his answers. So that was easy. And so I guess he's done a sit down interview. He's not done a press conference in 2023. The president of the United States just has to shuffle into this room, spend 20 minutes with his friends and supporters. He, t- he can't be bothered. There's no, in- no point in it. Why? Why bother? These people love me. They'll defend me. The, he He's never, I still find this mind boggling. He's been president for two years and two months, a little more than two years and two months. He's been a political figure in Washington for 50 years. He's never been asked about the laptop, the most incriminating thing in political history. He's never been asked about anything. He's never been asked about showering with his daughter. <laughs> He's never been asked if he, you know, asked any little kids to suck his tongue, you know, like the Dalai Lama did. Yikes. <laughs> uh, never. And he doesn't care. He's just like, well, why, why bother? But uh, they were grumbling a little bit in the press room yesterday because they want access to their guy and they're not getting it. And Corinne Jean-Pierre just, she treats him like dirt too. But uh, let, let's watch this exchange and their reaction to uh, her saying that he does. He, he, he answers plenty of questions. Sure he does. And just to follow up the question that occurred before uh, about the press conference on this trip, four day uh, trip to two countries. You know, why can't the president take questions from the press? Right now, we just don't have anything on the books for a press conference at this moment. Uh, the president always loves to take your questions, shouted questions. No, but no. Uh, look, 
when it comes to these types of events, as you know, being the president of, uh, of uh, at one point of the association, there are these are relationships that we have, right, with um, uh, with these countries. So when it comes to two plus twos or anything like that, clearly that is not just on us. That is also uh, on the uh, country that we're visiting. But as far as a standalone press conference, I just don't have anything to share at this time. Uh, but his last his last press conference was November 9th, twenty twenty two. No way. Yeah. So that was right after the midterms, I believe. Yep. November 9th? Yeah. That's cool. December. Came, Five I months. Seven. I don't even know. I can't do math. Five months. He has yet to take a question from his friendly press corps. That's just an incredible. I mean, I guess that's the strategy. Got him elected. They think it might get him reelected. Just hide and harvest, hide and harvest. Just wait for their foot soldiers to, to ballot stuff and uh, get everyone early voting, mail voting, mail in voting and uh, let him hide. And, uh, and now he's heading to Ireland and uh, to, you know, back to his homeland where he was, where he is guaranteed to say something really stupid about being Irish, that he's not a drunk, that he's not stupid. Like most of your Irish people, he's not a dumb drunk, which, which is hard to believe. It's not hard to believe that the last two presidents, Trump and Biden, neither of them drinks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you just dropped down here and watched them, you'd say they're both or, or saw Trump's tweets late at night or saw Biden sniffing hair. You'd say these guys are drunks. They're pickled. And nope, neither of them is. It's hard to believe. I imagine if they were. Imagine Biden drunk or Trump drunk. <laughs> I, bet, I bet Biden drunk wouldn't be too far different than what we already got. I, I guess. And uh, um, let me get the. Uh, I want to get this story about the FBI. I I found this interesting. Um, I have never, I don't think, ever used the term. A couple of terms that lots of people, right-wingers on social media, podcasters use. They say based and they say red-pilled. And I never really embraced either of those terms because, A, I, I didn't, I'm not a big Matrix guy. I'm not a science fiction guy, so I don't really get into the Matrix or the red-pilled thing. Great movie. I've never said, you're red-pilled, I'm red-pilled. And based... It just sounds awkward. It's just not my word. It's, people say based when, you know, uh, when Ron DeSantis does things, when he, you know, takes over the new school or shuts down the Disney deal. Oh, based. Um, have you ever used those terms, Ironhead? I have not. Not once. Based and red-pilled. Apparently very popular. They are very popular among conservatives, Republicans on uh, social media. Well, I, as I said, I've never used it. I'm glad, you know, today. <laughs> you know Why? Because the FBI is flagging people who use the term based or red-pilled. <laughs> and I said, that can't be that. I mean, they don't seem like, they don't seem like extremist terms. They just seem like, you know, little uh, glib little uh, words that right-wingers use or Matrix fans use. Uh, Elon Musk used, I remember he's used the red pill. He's a Matrix guy. But this, this is from uh, the Free Beacon, the Washington Free Beacon. It says, the FBI, uh, the FBI associates common online slang terms popular among conservatives like red-pilled and based with domestic terrorism, according to a bureau memo. The terms are flagged in the glossary of an FBI domestic terrorism reference guide that the bureau uses to identify potential cases of violent extremism carried out by racially motivated extremists and members of the so-called incel community. Many of the terms in the glossary published by the Heritage Foundation are popular 
far beyond the confines of the groups. The glossary says the word based is used to refer to someone who's been converted to racist ideology or as a way of indicating ideological agreement. Um, the, the glossary defines the term Chad, which has become a popular online joke, as race-specific term used to describe an idealized version of a male who is successful at gaining sexual and romantic attention from women. I, I can't keep up, man. Chad, I didn't even know that term, and the FBI is flagging it. <laughs> if conservatives used Chad or red-pilled or based, I thought that was kind of, you know, creepy, kind of. Uh, I mean, we know the FBI is totally corrupt. The first thing uh, the president has to do, if it's Trump or DeSantis, day one, fire Christopher Ray. Day two, arrest Christopher Ray. Day three, blow the FBI up to pieces and scatter it to the winds and, and allocate the resources to many, many other departments. I'm not sure it is, it is reparable at this point, but this is from uh, uh, Fox news yesterday. The FBI recently sought to develop sources inside Christian churches and Catholic diocese diocese as part of an effort to combat domestic terrorism. These are people who have no interest in infiltrating BLM or Antifa the Antifa mob in Atlanta, you know, that had uh, that tried to burn down the police training grounds and attack the cops and shot at the cops. You never hear about FBI infiltrating Antifa or infiltrating the trans mob when there's a mass shooting by an angry transgender person. But Catholic churches? And you're going to tell me the FBI is repairable or is not beyond hope when you hear that? The internal documents obtained by uh, House Judiciary Chairman Jim Jordan and Mike Johnson of Louisiana showed the FBI planned to use churches as, quote, new avenues for tripwire and source development. The Federal Enforcement Agency also aimed to specifically target, quote, mainline Catholic parishes as part of its efforts. What the hell is going on? Infiltrating mainline Catholic parishes to find whom? Terrorists? I don't know. I've been in a few mainline Catholic parishes. I never thought it was a hotbed for domestic extremism, and nor has it turned out to be that that the case. Um, the the another interesting. You could find uh, like a pedophile or two in there. You never know. Yeah, but that would be that'd be the priesthood, right? That would yeah. be. Well, <laughs> I guess it doesn't say they're uh, they're looking for pedophiles. It says domestic terrorists. Mm. So I'm pretty sure you know the diddlers are you know. They're not attacking government buildings. That's Antifa. Uh, But there was an interesting revelation earlier this, uh, was it yesterday, I believe, that in the Proud Boys are being, the Proud Boys are being prosecuted for their involvement January 6th. There's a group of 18. I think the number is 18. You know how many were federal informants were FBI agents? 13. (laughs) They had 13 informants there for the purpose of entrapping five proud boys and motivating them to storm the Capitol on January 6th. So they're completely embedded with the proud boys and Catholic churches, and they're flagging people who say red-pilled online. But Antifa, meh, you know, they're just anti-fascists. That is scary, especially if you use the term based on Twitter. You better be careful. Uh, All right. 
let's get to, uh, uh, we, you want to get to, uh, uh, um, Greg Popovich. Oh, right. Yeah. From yesterday. <laughs> yes. Here's the problem Popovich has his season's over. I believe. Are they, are they done? I think they finished last I worst believe- team in the Western conference, but he doesn't care. He's busy, uh, dealing with, uh, attacking Republicans and dealing with, um, uh, gun violence, gun violence. I hate to see, like, you know, right now, uh, Jesus, I can't, the picture of the Dalai Lama is just, it's all over the internet and it's the creepiest thing I've ever seen. And I include things to Joe Biden, all the hair he sniffed and the girls he's touched and the Dalai Lama apologized, right? That was the end of it. He apologized. Yeah, he came. No, he came out and said basically that he was. I was just goofing. As that was the gist of his tweet. Which, uh, just goofing. Um, maybe the FBI should try to infiltrate. You know his his crew, the Dalai Lama's crew. How do you just apologize when you're on camera on mic? Sorry for if I offended any uh, the family members involved. Uh, you think you molested their kid? On television. Uh, yeah, no, where is the family? Probably, uh, probably like with the Catholic, the Catholic priests, you know, the diddlers, they uh, targeted, they targeted uh, kids without fathers, broken homes. That's why I was safe. I was an altar boy right in that same generation where they were, you know, going nuts, the pedophiles and Cardinal Law was moving them around and the media, including the globe was covering up for them or ignoring them. I was right. In the, I, I was in an area too, where there were a number of petty pedophile priests, but my father was around all the time. He went to church. He was there. So they picked on kids whose fathers were gone, broken homes. I have a friend I've told the story before who was a altar boy and his father died and uh, the priest moved in, you know, to comfort him. And then he, um, started making the moves on him. My friend literally said, I got to go to the bathroom. He jumped out of the window of the rectory bathroom window, yeah. ran home, told his mother, guess what mom said? Keep it to yourself, son. That's the way it worked. And this, and the, the priest ended up getting busted after years of, of diddling kids. So that's the way it worked. Everyone kept it quiet. Uh, how did we get off on this? this Dalai Lama. <laughs> so see, it's not just the Catholics who who uh, creep on little boys. It's just mostly the Catholics. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe they cover it up. Maybe the Dalai Lama's crew. Maybe this is a normal thing where they ask little boys to suck on their tongues. Ugh. Well, it's the dead of winter, but that doesn't slow down shade concrete. They got a huge selection of precast concrete steps ready to be installed at your home. If you're building a new home or remodeling or replacing an old staircase, Shea has great values with designs that will fit your home. A new staircase will dramatically upgrade the front entrance of your home, giving you a much better curb appeal. You'll be the talk of the town, the envy of the neighborhood. Shea will take care of all this. They remove the old stairs. You don't want to have to do that yourself. When they're done, you'll have a great looking new entrance that will add value to your home. Is not an expense. This is an investment in your home. With one phone call, Shea will deliver a turnkey installation experience. In a few hours, you get a brand new front entrance. Go to SheaConcrete.com to learn more. Also, you can go there and look for a job. Right now, Shea is hiring. They've got between 15 to 20 open positions. These are career opportunities for all different types of people with all different types of skill sets. All you got to do is pass a drug test. All right, before we get to uh, before we get to Popovich. 
uh, we got to give you an update on Bud Light because I swear to God, I don't want to get my hopes up, but I feel like, I don't know, it feels like this one's different. We've gone through many, many of the boycotts and people mad at companies, corporations that uh, pander to the woke mob. We went through it all through the BLM riots when the corporations were sending billions to BLM uh, and, uh, you know, it's Pride Month where they're all red, white, and blue. We talked about the NHL and the and Major League Baseball. The the, the Boston Red Sox on Pride Month uh, to kick off Pride Month had drag queens throw out the first pitch. There, most corporations pander, and we explained to you uh, last late last week why it's this uh, corporate equality index. It's a, it's a uh, thing, the uh, system that the Human Rights Campaign, a far-left political organization funded by George Soros, they, um, they rate companies on just how woke they are. It's, a, it's an index that is the national benchmarking tool on corporate policies, practices, and benefits pertinent to lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, and queer employees. And... They uh, they literally go into the company's offices and see what they're doing. Said uh, talk to their, their their executives to see if they're being sufficiently woke. That's why all the companies, all the corporations, have bought into this. Bud Light is lose is going to lose customers. They've already lost customers. Just like you know Nike has lost customers, and and you name it, Tampax or Kate Spade because of Dylan Mulvaney. But it's more important to them that they re- maintain their human rights campaign, their corporate equality index rating from the human rights campaign. That's the truth. I mean, you can read up all you want. They will lose lots of customers. They will lose business. They will lose market cap and, and stock value. But it's more important to them that the, the big corporate uh, entities out there, your Black Rocks and Vanguards, uh, uh, and don't lose faith in them that they maintain their corporate equity, corporate equality index. That's why people like Alyssa, I keep struggling with this name, Heidern Heinerschneid, Heinerscheid. That's why she is doing what she's doing. I mean, that's, that's, uh, it doesn't make sense to me, but it's an explanation. When you first saw Dylan Mulvaney on a can or in the bathtub with Bud Light, you said, this is insane. It's, it's, it's professional suicide. Why are they doing it? Well, now we know. So they can keep their index up in the corporate equality score. Uh, but it's going to come at a cost. That video that we played yesterday of Alyssa Heinerschneid has gone viral. Everyone's seen it. It explains a lot. She's this woke left-wing, you know, Harvard Wharton School woman with the kids drawing behind her of a pride flag <laughs> explaining and not only did she explain why they want to change and be more diverse and more inclusive, but she really insulted their loyal customers. I mean, she she said it was too fratty and people, Bud Light customers were into out of, what did she say, out of touch humor? Yeah, they are. That's Bud Light's customers were into out of touch humor. So she dumps on the loyal customers who've made it the number one beer brand by far. And then she says, we want to be lighter and freer and more uh, and more inclusive. I can't imagine a one minute clip that could be more insulting to her, their 
loyal customers. So naturally, some people are pissed. Uh, we'll play a little bit more, but just let me read this quickly from, uh, where is this from? Fox Business. Kerry Byrne, our friend Kerry Burns running for Fox Business, and he writes, Bud Light suffered a bloodbath this past weekend. Consumers nationwide revolted against the nation's top-selling beer after it stepped recklessly into the culture wars with its new spokesperson, TikTok star Dylan Mulvaney. This is according to bar owners and beer industry experts around the country. Quote, I think society flexes its muscles sometimes and reminds manufacturers that the consumer is still in charge said Jeff Fitter, owner of Case and Bucks, a restaurant sports bar in Missouri. Um, there, there's examples of these some of these bars who are selling no uh, Bud Light to anyone. Um, sales of Anheuser-Busch Bottle Project dropped 30% over the past week, while draft beer plummeted 50%. Similar stories are being told around the country. Uh, Bud Light normally outsells rival products Miller Light and Coors Light 25 to 1 at the Braintree Brew House in Massachusetts, a sprawling sports bar outside of Boston. Not this week. 80% of Bud Light drinkers ordered something else, said brew house owner Alex Casares, while the 20% who did order Bud Light, quote, weren't on social media and hadn't heard yet about the transgender pitch man. Then they didn't order it again, said the bar owner. So again, and there's a bunch of examples of bars who are just stuck with all this Bud Light that nobody wants. I told my story. I was at the Boston Garden for the Bruins and nobody was in line for Bud Light. There's just too many other choices that aren't that different. I hear lots of people, and we talked about it, saying, oh, it's, it's, it's piss. It's uh, weasel piss. It doesn't, that's, I can't say that. I drank it. I liked it, especially, you know, cold Bud Light in the summer. I, you know, I was a good customer. I am not anymore. It's not because it was weasel piss. It was good light beer, but there's other good light beers and it's just easy. And I know my little light and Coors Light had rainbow cans, but you have to make a stand at some point. You have to stand up against some company at some point. And this woman made it really easy by insulting all her loyal, all their former customers. Let's little bit, let's listen to a little bit more from Alyssa. Oh, I hate this name. Heiner Scheid, for a Harvard grad, Harvard undergrad, Wharton School executive, and super woke VP of marketing. Go ahead. I'm a businesswoman. I had a really clear job to do when I took over Bud Light. And it was, this brand is in decline. It's been in decline for a really long time. And if we do not attract young drinkers to come and drink this brand, there will be no future for Bud Light. So I had this super clear mandate. It's like we mm-hmm. need to evolve and elevate this incredibly iconic brand. And my, what I brought to that was a belief in, okay, what is, what, do, what does evolve and elevate mean? It means inclusivity. It means shifting the tone. It means having a campaign that's truly inclusive and feels lighter and brighter and different and appeals to women and to men. Mm-hmm. And representation is at sort of the heart of evolution. You've got to see people who reflect you in the work. And we had this hangover. I mean, Bud Light had been kind of a brand of fratty, kind of out of touch humor. And it was really important that we had another approach. Oh God. I can't, can you imagine? I mean, this is a car. She's a cartoon. That's a SNL skit. How can you insult your customers? 
uh, all of them more, <laughs> more emphatically just say, oh, fratty, out of touch humor. Yeah. Those are your customers. That's why you're a billion dollar business. That's why you have twice the sales of the second most popular beer. I know it's in decline because people are drinking more micro brews and they're drinking lots more of uh, White Claws and Trulies. But I, 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 I don't get the strategy like right out of the box. You, you, be inclusive. She says in one breath, we want to be inclusive. We just don't want those fratty old out of touch guys. <laughs> you know, the ones that drink like a dozen Bud Lights every Friday night, those guys. Uh, someone tried to set you up, right, Ironhead? Yeah, I got, I got, we went to um, Laugh Boston over the weekend for uh, a Blind Mike Project meetup, and someone bought me a Bud Light and tried to get pictures to send to you. <laughs> did, they, did they get you? No? I think so. I also, I don't, I don't. See, I mean, I'm more, I, I'd you know, be more. Free, I don't blame people. If you got a fridge full of Bud Light, you're going to finish it, right? You're not yeah. going to dump it out. I, I know, I know people are doing that on camera and they're posting it, dumping out their Bud Light, but I'm too cheap. I don't like to dump out things that are still useful. I just, you know, I'm just done buying more. And that woman is the reason why it is a little scary when you think about the power of the human rights campaign uh, and uh, 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 George Soros and these left wing mega giants in the, in the financial world who would rather have someone like that, you know, pissing all over their loyal customers and putting Dylan Mulvaney on a can and putting Gijer on a can They'd rather have that than just admitting these are the people like Bud Light. Let's target them. Let's make sure they're happy because they're they've they've made us a lot of money. They're literally just abandoning their loyal customer. That's why it's not. That's why it's worse than the people who just put a rainbow on their flat on their can. This is worse. That woman makes it much much worse. And hopefully, this continues. We'll see. I mean, uh, the stock price is not taking a big hit. The, Obviously, these stores, stores, stories from bars and restaurants are anecdotal, but I feel it, man. Just a vibe. I feel like this is for real. This is an actual boycott that can work, that could make these people wake up and regret putting someone like that. In fact, when I Googled this morning, like the first three stories is, has she quit yet? You know, has she been fired yet? I think people are expecting her to walk the plank, but, uh, who knows? Maybe she's doing exactly what the board wants, what the CEO wants by uh, making sure that their corporate equity index stays high. Mm-hmm. All right. The hell with Popovich. You know what? I don't need to listen to Popovich. He went on an eight minute rant about gun control, blaming Ted Cruz and Josh Hawley. And I'm sure he's doing it again. His team's in last place. They're not in the playoffs. Um, but uh, he's worried about guns, 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 but as usual. And, uh, as usually needs a haircut. He's like a 75 year old guy with long hair in the back. You know, it doesn't work. doesn't work. But like the president. anyway, uh, we will wrap this up uh, for today. Our, uh, our, our friend, um, our friend, mm, Riley Gaines stepped in it a little bit last night. She's uh, she's dealing with that. She tweeted uh, something about Megan Rapinoe. Megan Rapinoe and a bunch of uh, female athletes, not just female, male and female, they signed a letter of support to code transgender people in sports, which is crazy. I mean, these are people, Sue Bird and, and uh, Megan Rapinoe, they're done. You know, they're done with their uh, athletic careers, so they don't care if the next generation of girls gets beaten up by boys. So they're signing on this letter. I didn't recognize a single other person. There's like 50 people signed this letter. I didn't recognize any of them. Just Megan, you know, Megan's going to go all woke, but it, you know what? It, it's a losing fight for her. Cause uh, 
because uh, everyone knows it's unfair. Everyone knows. And uh, so that, I don't think that letter is going to, I think the traction is still with the people who want to get the guys out of the girls sports, but we will see, we will follow that story and, uh, and uh, much more Biden's headed to Europe, headed to Ireland. He's going to step in it over there for sure. Be ready, Ironhead. Oh, well, I'm ready. It's going to be, uh, it's it's going to be gaff filled. I promise you. But uh, we'll leave it there. Thanks everyone for listening. Thank you, Ironhead. I'm Jerry Callahan. This is the Callahan Show, and we will do it again tomorrow. Shaking my head and thinking something ain't right Is it just me? Am I losing my mind? Am I standing on the edge of the end of time? Am I the only one? Tell me I'm not Like the show? Leave a five-star review on Apple and Spotify. Hi, it's Tony Marino, host of the Newsmax Daily Podcast, your daily news bulletin of Newsmax's top headlines, along with commentary from our hosts and experts. You can learn more about all of the free podcasts, including Newsmax Daily, Rob Carson, and Jerry Callahan at Newsmax.com slash listen.